So welcome to those also online with us. Welcome to CS and Elizabeth and uh, Courtney and the people in Lesotho. Welcome and those also in Switzerland and other parts that are busy following. Welcome here to Breakthrough City Church this morning and uh, to everyone that is present here as well. Um, it's just so good in the times of worship of the Lord. Um, I was just saying before we went live, those are the moments where actually I just want to just lie down and just do nothing. Um, just, just enjoy His peace. Sometimes we, because of our soul life, we actually are so busy, we actually don't know how to dwell in the presence of God. Because there's such anxiety, such storms in our lives. And sometimes it's not about being a busybody, it's just being. Being a son, being a daughter. All right, so we will anyway, just uh, to finish the message, we'll also just go a bit over the time. That's fine. Um, but uh, um, we've been busy sharing about the seven mountains or domains or influences or seven pillars in society and how these pillars are established um, or these, uh, these pillars support the different nations. And we started to deal with them. We spoke about uh, some of them. So there's basically seven pillars or domains. The one being government, education, media or communication, as well as the economy or business, uh, family, um, celebration, whether it's the arts or entertainment, and then religion or worship. So these are basically seven domains or pillars on which all nations function. And remember... Quickly, I said to you that the, uh, Satan uh, took the authority with Adam and Eve when they sinned. And then Jesus, the last Adam, came and restored that authority before Jesus ascended. He, well, firstly, he had all authority in heaven and earth. And then he gave that authority to the church. So there's an authority that has been restored, which we lost because of sin. So what Jesus did was um, set the pattern of how as church and as kingdom-minded people we need to live. And God has called us to a mission. And the mission is to go with a culture of revival into these different domains and to, to transform these domains or kingdoms to become the, king, the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is what the seven domains are. So please check the foundation uh, message on this about two weeks ago um, where the scriptures are for this and we said this that Jesus prayer was let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven um, so therefore we have an assignment on earth a lot of people have a, a, the, a theology built based on salvation alone but salvation is rooted in kingdom and if you build a theology only on salvation, that means sometimes things get so rough you need to escape. And that's called escapism theology, meaning that Jesus is coming now. He's going to take the church off the earth and then we're gone. No, that's not correct because the meek shall inherit the earth, the righteous shall inherit the earth. Therefore, why would he remove his church from the earth? And I spoke to you last week about how there's a pattern in heaven and that God established that he mirrored on earth. Even in heaven, whether mountains, trees, rivers, seas, plants, whatever. That is in heaven, is on earth. So he mirrored something, what is in heaven. Then he put man to mirror in his image, what is in heaven. And that's what the enemy offered to Jesus, where he said, I'll give you all the kingdoms. It was not the nations, it was the kingdoms, these domains of influence I will give you if you just bow down and worship me. 
So we know that, that Satan is having this major influence in these seven domains on planet earth. And Jesus will not return until these kingdoms become his kingdoms. And this is why the church needs to wake up and realize that when revival, as we've seen across the world, breaking out, we've been revived, we've been refreshed, we've been restored so that we can bring about a reformation on planet earth. Amen. That's why revival comes. We're revived, we return to God, we're refreshed, we're strengthened, but we are then becoming transformed to become reformers. Okay, so we're given a pattern of how to go into society and bring about change. Hebrews 12 says, we are receiving an unshakable kingdom assignment. So, there's an assignment over the enemies of our Lord, over our enemies. There's a kingdom assignment. There's an unshakable kingdom we're receiving and we're busy building it into society, right? On earth as it is in heaven. So how do I know if, um, uh, if, 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 you know, if that mountain, one of these mountains interests me? How do I know that I must be involved in politics? How do I know I must be involved in business? How do I know I must be involved in family, uh, religion, whatever those domains? And we're going to start touching that as well. So the thing is this, is that the more your heart is resonating and moving towards one of these mountains, that's how you know where you must be involved in. So whether it's media or the creative arts or entertainment, if that's something that's stirring your heart, that is the mountain that God wants you to influence. So I mean, pretty much, I know there's uh, some of you folks sitting here, there's easy, I can already say, listen, this is a domain that God's taken you into to influence. So whatever's like stirring your heart to bring about change or whatever, that's the domain that God's actually raising you up in. So you're called to whether it's government mountain or the political. Uh, See, if it's the government uh, mountain, maybe God wants to raise you up as an intercessor. Maybe God wants to raise you as a, as a, a, a politician or a financier in the government. Okay, so there's different ways you can actually show up. Because this is the thing is you and I have an assignment. And I said a few weeks ago, all of us have been called to be ministers of God. And you'll be shocked by some stats I give you now. So just put your safety belts on. All right, so only 1% of people presently that, only 1% of people presently that are in church have a ministerial position. Only 1% of people that are in church presently have a ministerial position. Only 3% in church will actually ever have a ministerial position in church. So what about the rest? What about the rest of you? What about the rest of you out there? 97% of people in the church... Um, actually might start feeling like, you know, I'm a second-class citizen here. I'm a second-class citizen. What's my role? Must I just attend and do stuff? You see, um, we need to understand there are different platforms of ministry and and we need to understand how we can engage it. So God actually wants 97% of the church involved in the mission field. 
if only three might be involved in church ministry. God is saying he wants 97% involved. That is every one of us that are born again. That's why the message of the kingdom is very different to the message of salvation. The one goes about get saved, you're going to heaven, do what you like in the world, and that you almost start looking like the world. That's the sad thing. That's why we need revival. Because the church actually doesn't understand what they're there for. We are the salt. We are the light. Okay. So Micah 4 verse, uh, Micah chapter 4 verse 1 and 2. Micah 4 verse 1 and 2. Many nations shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. All right. He, his ways and his paths. This is more than just the salvation message. God wants to teach us to walk in his ways. He wants to teach us how to function on this planet. Matthew 22:44, Matthew 22:44. The Lord, listen this is, this is one of my favorite scriptures in that. Uh, it's a key scripture also for the congregation. It's found in Psalms, it's found also uh, in the few gospels in the book of Acts as well. Matthew 22:44 it says, "The Lord, which is the Father, said to my Lord, which is the Son, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. So we first see this in Psalm 110 verse 1. And David was busy prophetically speaking in Psalm 110 about this. And uh, that, that the enemies of the Lord, we are going to actually make a footstool of the enemies of the Lord. Now, just listen to this. This actually gives me and you a mission understanding that what we are actually to do besides um, getting people saved. We actually have a mission assignment besides getting people saved, which is so important, and to try out last darkness and all the doom and gloom we hear about because uh, of fear of you know the false prophets and we fear the antichrist and we fear this is all the teachings and and unfortunately the sad thing is many prophetic from prophetic people are going out about the lord is going to come now he's going to do this and i'm saying oh, come on just you know the word and the spirit work together you cannot have an inspiration a prophetic inspiration without the design of the word of god the word and the spirit work together so if you're having something which does not have a blueprint in the word, it cannot be of God. The word and the spirit will always work together. It will not contradict. So your prophetic word has to be in line. If it's inspired by God, it has to be in line with the word of God. So if I'm off in my understanding of in my theology, my prophetic word will become inaccurate. I don't want to go there. I'm going to get sidetracked there. So the father actually then promises the son. He says, you pay the price on Calvary, you changed everything. You died on the cross. Now come sit at my right hand. That's what the Father is saying to Jesus here. And then he says this, this until I make your enemies. Till I make your enemies. What's that? It gives us an understanding of the end times. Till I make your enemies become your footstool. It gives an understanding of what's busy happening. That listen to me, he's, Jesus is not coming back until all Jesus' enemies must be made a footstool here on earth. Hello, have you got the same Bible as me? 
you've got to declare scripture with scripture or interpret scripture with scripture. Ephesians 1, 22 to 23. Ephesians chapter 1, 22 to 23. It says, and he put all things under, listen to me. He put all things under his feet and gave him, that's Jesus, to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So guess what? We are his feet. We this feet generation. Jesus is the head of the body. We the spiritual body of Jesus. We are the feet of Jesus. Who comes under the feet of Jesus? The enemy. Hello. Guys, that's one scripture will blow your theology about Jesus coming just to remove the church from you. Because we have an assignment. You've been saved for a purpose. So the God of peace, listen to me, the Bible says the God of peace will crush Satan under our feet. Not his feet. Good news for you. You and I got an assignment. You're not going to heaven yet. We bring in heaven here. On earth as it is in heaven. We need to get accuracy in the word of God. Because we'll miss the assignment the church has and we'll misrepresent. And we will not see his kingdom. And all we'll do is complain and tell about how the antichrist and how the system of the antichrist and the financial system is going to crash. And then we're going to have to eat bully beef and baked beans for the rest of our lives and live in caves. Because Christians are doing that at the moment. We are not waiting for Jesus to come back to do that. It is up to us to do that. That's why if you realize this, you realize we've got to wake up. There's something that God has for us to do. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus says. And then he says, go therefore and... Go therefore, so we have an assignment, we have to go because we've been given something. Why would he say that? The rest is for us to step into. That's what God's calling us to do. Um, let me just, I'll throw the one scripture in and I, I, I need to, I'm going to skip some things here. You can have a look in Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 and 2. Isaiah 61 and 2, it speaks about arise and shine for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon me. Uh, for behold, great darkness will cover uh, the, the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. And just read that. It speaks about how the nations will come to your light, to your light. The nations will come to you, to your light. There's something that we've got to do. There's kings uh, or people in governments, people in business will come to the brightness of what you carry. Okay, there's something, and I'm not going to go too much in that just for time. So many people that are on the tops of these seven domains are involved in these structures, government, education, religion, business. Many people in the tops of these uh, domains were not made, listen to me, were not made to function there 
but the church is. Did you hear what I said? The church is actually supposed to function in these domains. Because these domains need to become the domains, the kingdom of our Lord. Ish, as we say in South Africa. Yep, it's getting hot. So most Christians, listen to me. Most Christians are at the bottom of these mountains. Hoping that Jesus comes soon. You know... It's going so tough at my work and it's going so tough in this thing. Yes, it is. That's why you are there. And I'm not being ugly. I mean, we we had our own quite challenging time. So, this message that I'm also sharing with you is to wake the body of Christ up to the assignment and the privilege we actually have. All right? So God wants some of you here, some of you that are also listening, to know that you are being called to one of these domains. And this domain that I'm speaking about this morning is the government mountain. And I know there's some people that are, are here that are in that are influencing government. Um, and <clears throat> you see, the influence, listen to me, the influence in governments here and across the world is not because of a degree that I might have, which I don't have, uh, but because of the absence of the Word of God. The Word of God is not present in His domains or in government. That's what's, what, what, what we see across the world. There's, it's, it's, you, can, you, can, you can have the degrees, you can have all the, the things, but if you're not becoming that Word in that domain... You're not being the light. You're not be bringing about transformation. All right, so Matthew 6 verse 10. Matthew 6 verse 10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right, so there is this light. Remember we spoke about seven spirits of God. Revelation speaks about, Old Testament speaks about it. But it speaks about that there is government, there's a light, there's truth that needs to come into government. Who, who believes that? More than ever. We need the light of God. We need the light of the truth in government. We need it to function on earth through his partnering sons and daughters. Now, if you're a son, a son and daughter that are partnering with God, that light has to come into government. Okay, can I say this? Government is not bad. Just for those that might think it is. Government's not bad. God is strategically placing people in our government and other governments across the world. So don't be fooled. God is not caught unawares. Okay? So government is not bad if it is run the way it is supposed to run. Because government is in heaven. So government must be on earth. That's why we have government. It's not your enemy. Stop fighting it. Each kingdom has a glory to it in the way that it manifests. So even the government on earth, remember, is a reflection of what is in heaven. There's a glory even in government. If you have an awesome government, guess what? The people prosper. There's a scripture for this. Okay? So, 
here we have, I want to just give you the scriptural landscape of government, okay? I want to give you the scriptural landscape. Remember, we're using the Old Testament, and I'm giving you examples as, 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 as Israel went into um, the promised land. There was all the ites, the Hittites, the, Jez, the, the Jebusites, the, the Amorites, the, all the ites. They were there. And, um, and there's this, the spiritual template or landscape is that there were certain spiritual powers and principalities that actually ruled and influenced every one of these nations. In the same way, the, the same spirit, remember, the spirit doesn't die. They're still active even though people have died. So they same, same uh, uh, spirits of old, they actually have influences on these domains. So remember last week we spoke about business domain. And we said, who heads up, the principality is mammon. It's a fallen angel. He's the principality. And then you get these other demons working with him. All right. So now we have the spiritual landscape. The template that is used from the, the, you know, the seven enemy uh, states that Israel had to overcome. There were seven enemy nations or states that Israel had to take over. When they went into the promised land, and um, the, as I mentioned, all the ites. So, Yah was basically this corresponding principality or spirit that was in each one. Now, <coughs> the enemy on the, on the mountain of government, do you want to know what it is? The enemy on the mountain of government is the Gergeshites. Gergeshites. Okay, I can almost say another word with that. It's quite dangerous. Uh, Gergeshites. The Gergeshite or the spirit. So this was one of the nations in the promised land. The promised land, just by the way, is what God gave. But we have to possess. Sound familiar? The Old Testament is a foreshadow of things to come. So he has the Gergeshites. Which, what is the principalities there? What is this thing working Gergeshite, do you know what it represents? Corruption. That's what works on that mountain. Ah, wow. Okay, now I understand a few more things. So Israel had to actually dispossess them. And um, the spirits that work with this uh, uh, principality of corruption is pride. And manipulation, which works with corruption. These are the spirits that work with the principality. Does this sound familiar? Or am I speaking Greek? Do you realize what we're actually dealing with, not against flesh and blood? Ah. Is that why this is happening? Is that? Oh. May the lights come on to many of us in the nations who are listening to this message. So... This is the simple mission of the enemy on this mountain, is manipulation, corruption, and pride. And um, the, uh, these domains bring about, or, or sorry, the, these demons, what actually happens, they bring about this corruption. And corruption is opposite to whom God is. Because God is the God of justice. So many of you might feel I've been, injustice has been done to me in this nation. Or in my city, local government. Isn't that true? I mean, hey, listen. This is a strong thing in my heart I've had to deal with. Because the danger of, is as a Christian now, how we respond to see justice. I want to see justice. And I will touch on this thing. 
Because how do you deal in this mountain? Just like we had to deal with business mountain. How do you deal with it? Because like last week I said, if you want to do business and you actually have seeds of corruption in your life, if you have seeds of, of, of mammon having hold of you, you will be an agent of the enemy. Scary. Because that's why we see many things falling in the, with Christian business men and women. All right. Here we have government. And um, um, the opposite of corruption is justice. Isaiah 14, 12, 16. Isaiah 14, 12 to 16. So this is basically where Lucifer uh, was removed from government. He was, um, <coughs> excuse me, he was an, uh, an archangel and he actually used to lead worship. And he's a fallen angel. And it says here, how, how you are fallen from heaven, Lucifer, you who weakened the nations. I will de- ascend into heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mountain. Listen, I will also sit on the mountain. I will be like the most high. You see, the aim of Satan is to do what? Weaken the nations. And every nation, this is the good news, has a potential glory. Every nation on this planet. Every nation. Don't tell me, are we in deep dark Africa? Hey man, every nation has a glory. You see, the devil is illegal on this planet. Right? So he's operating illegally on these mountains. Because he doesn't have the authority anymore. He's illegally operating. And the enemy uses pride and manipulation with corruption on the mountain of government. I've seen this. I've seen this in, listen, not just Africa. I've seen it everywhere. Everywhere. I've seen it in the first world nations. The absolute corruption. You see leaders come with absolute pride. Just running over. I am number one. I'm the president. Pride. Manipulation. Corruption. Isaiah 14. 12 to 16. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol. This is now concerning the enemy, the devil. To the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble? Who shook kingdoms? This is one day. We're going to just see this. So, whatever mountain you're called to, the general principle is this. Whatever, whether it's business, the general principle is this. Whether it's government, is that you and I react in the opposite spirit. If you're going to take on the government and you have this pride and arrogance as a Christian, yeah, God is going to do this. You're arrogant and you're pride. You're not op- er- er- responding in the opposite spirit. You with me? Do you know how many presidents and people that were Christian or Christian, Christian leaders of parties would come into power and you see within months when they become president, whatever, Christians, they're corrupted. People, can I say, even in our own nation, our president is supposed to be a Christian from his, what he said, 
But if you have the seeds in your heart, you can come under that principality and you come into the power of doing the bidding of that principality. You see, the enemy comes with pride, arrogance, manipulation. So we need to come with the spirit of servanthood. The spirit of integrity. And that's why I thank even, obviously I can't mention names, even people in the church here that are in government or influencing there to function with integrity, to function with character, to function with humility. Else we in agreement with those powers and principalities. We need to come with a servant spirit. Okay? So... This is how sons and daughters show up on this mountain. And uh, listen to me. You and I, if, if we're on this mountain, we lose authority when we operate in the same spirit. So we lose authority when we operate in the same spirit as what's happening in the government. So what if you're a Christian on this mountain? If you're a Christian on this mountain... And you're influenced or your heart is not right in this area, you will begin to behave with arrogance, corruption, and pride on the mountain. Because why? Pride, manipulation, and corruption is what functions there. So when you behave with the opposite spirit you or if you if you if you if you function in the opposite spirit you can actually start advancing the kingdom or if you operate in the same spirit with corruption or um, uh, manipulation you're going to actually function in the same way and you can actually build the enemy's kingdom as a christian you become an agent of the enemy as a christian you with me all right so uh, this principle is for all the mountains. This is for all the mountains we've been speaking about. So, your Christianity, listen to me, your Christianity, when you say, um, Jesus, come into my heart, I give you my heart, I thank you that you're my savior, um, and I'm going to heaven. Alright? But, that's wonderful. But advancing the kingdom must happen. In the character and nature of Jesus. I can't just say Jesus come to my heart. I'm born again and I'm working in these domains. And I live like the world still. But I don't have the character and likeness of Jesus. That's why you need to understand this, this is a mandate for the church. I'm going to just touch on it as well. Just skim through this. Um, that yes, basically I'm going to give you five uh, 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 antichrist influences of Lucifer. Okay? So yes, some five influences that, on, especially on this mountain, you're going to see happening. So when, with a government, now watch this, this is scary because you can measure where your government is as, wherever you are in the world. So the first one is, if you know the spirit of antichrist is manifesting in your government, one of the first points to look at uh, is anti-Semitism. That means you're working against Israel. 
If your government is working against Israel, the spirit of Antichrist, Lucifer himself, is working in your government, people, leaders. Do you know that the Bible says God will not rest until Jerusalem is the praise of all the earth? Hello? If you're working against Israel, you're working against God as a government. And there's a lot of scripture, guys, I want to tell you. If you, as South African government, and I'm saying, be careful. South African government, be careful. Because you're touching on things because of political reasons. The political spirit divides. If you come against Israel, you're coming against the Lord God himself. In South Africa, we don't want to reap something that comes against Israel. That's the spirit of Antichrist. Okay, so there's many scriptures of the redemption and the restoration of Israel. Many. Okay, so, and Satan knows this. So Satan will try influence governments to bring a standpoint to destroy Israel. Because this, Satan knows this. And um, there are presently, there's discussions in Europe, there's discussions in different parts of the world to actually try to end Israel's legitimacy. Even in South Africa. May God help us. Okay? So, Satan is after also the church. Alright? So the Antichrist spirit, also one of the things that will work in government, where government will start suddenly coming against what is church. The true church. So there's already things happening where people have been shut down for different reasons because it's law. If you're not in a place that is zoned for a church, be careful. It's happening already. It's happening in many other nations already. Do you know that there's 14 million Jews approximately that is on planet Earth? And... Um, the enemy wants to kill, devil wants to kill the 40 million Jews, but there's also supposed to be 2 billion Christians presently on earth. He also wants to destroy them, all right? So the Antichrist spirit in government will try to discriminate against the church, the true church. And then you'll see more regulation happening, more control. Have a look. So the Antichrist spirit in government, is working to destroy the next generation. That's another point. To the Antichrist spirit. So, guess what? In South Africa, abortion was never legal. Now it is. The Antichrist spirit is working in our government. You can have abortion anywhere, anytime you want. Have a look in other nations, how they, they say, even in America, I mean, I thank God versus Roe versus Wade was turned around. Praise God after, what, I think 40 years or something. But things were turned around. We need to turn around in this nation in Jesus' name. Because the inheritance of the people, the inheritance of God, are people. And the enemy, the spirit wants to destroy uh, 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 through abortion laws. Another thing that the Antichrist spirit is, is, is uh, working in governments is concerning identity issues. Have a look across the world. There's a whole lot of laws being passed. You cannot say this, you cannot do this when it comes to identity. 
So whatever you feel is what you are, is pretty much what they're making laws about now. The Antichrist spirit tries to suppress women. Let me tell you a lot of nations. Look at a lot of your Muslim nations. Woman is nothing. You know, you can't even drive a car in some places as a woman. So there's suppression of women. Certain uh, places in workplaces as well. There's a suppression of women. Okay? Um, God is going to be raising up many women across the nations of the earth as leaders. The only difference between a male and female, when the Bible says that the woman is the weaker vessel, it is only in physical strength. Not spiritual. A woman is a man with a womb. Womb man. Spiritually we're the same. We're sons and we sons of God. The Bible says a woman is a son of God. And then the Bible says that men, we are the bride of Christ. Okay. I don't figure that out, but we have the male seed of Christ. The other point of the spirit of Antichrist that is working in government is um, laws that have been passed. This spirit is working. Antichrist is to pervert sexuality. You see the spirit working in all across the world. There's been a, such an enforcement of this in the last number of years like I've never ever seen in my, my lifetime. So homosexuality is fine. Adultery is fine. Um, you know, all these things that have come against, you know, with, 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 with us and that there's this perversion of sexuality that's taking place. The, the legalization of prostitution, the legalization of all these, it basically becomes a, a, a human trafficking. They're trying to change laws and that, that it's fine that, that this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm attracted to young, uh, a younger gender, therefore it's not uh, molestation anymore. This is what's happening. It's the spirit of Antichrist working in the governments. All right, so this, the whole thing about the sexual deviancy is what is also, so if it's a government law, if it's in government, the sexual deviancies are being okayed now. But remember, there's also some natural judgments because of this. So you have STD, sexual transmitted diseases, you have broken families, you have AIDS, you have mental diseases because of these laws that it says it's fine. This is the repercussion, the consequences of sin. Okay. So the enemy weakens a nation through this. This is how he weakens a nation. Um, on each of these mountains, I want to say, um, you have the, 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 the manifestation also of the fivefold ministry. We spoke about that. We spoke last week, even last week, many times in business, you're going to have a strong uh, 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 prophetic input. Remember, the, the giftings can be combined, prophetic, apostolic, whatever, but you'll see a strong prophetic put many times in the business field. On the government uh, 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 arena or mountain, the, this is now the, the, where the church comes in I'm speaking about. The strong influence must be from the apostolic in the fivefold ministry. Because that's a governmental also ministry. And um, so therefore, um, remember the apostolic functions also in the church, obviously. But the apostolic can also function in the governmental arena. Okay. So, um, but also understand this. There's many people that are called, for instance, we're speaking about the government 
that will carry a governmental authority. So it doesn't mean to say now you're an apostle, but you carry a mantle to actually work in government. You're carrying a grace to actually in this mountain, specifically I'm speaking about this morning, that you carry a grace to, to be there. And it's like all hell breaks loose, but you know, just okay, shake it off, get up, carry on. All right, so we need to understand about, even with, with apostles in, having influence in governments, um, need to carry humility. Because if they're not carrying humility in that, um, they lose their authority when they are saying, I'm the apostle in this government. So be careful about that. So it goes about serving. When you're involved in the mountain of government, it's about serving. All right? And um, because the kingdom of God must be advanced through the character and nature of God. Okay? So Jesus is the great apostle. Isn't that so? And when the 12 apostles came into the city, what happened? Um, things were shaken up with the local government. Whenever they came into the local towns or cities, things were shaken up in the government because of what they carried. The mantle and grace. Things were stirred up. They caused a bit of a thing there. So the government, uh, listen to me, the government uh, there in, this, in the city will feel the effect of true apostolic um, authority. And this is why... Um, I say, there's, there's people, that the apostolic grace that is in specifically the church, uh, and, but then there's this grace that God wants to bring about influence in government. All right, so there's certain things we also seen. There's a grace we've seen. There's, there's input, and I said we can't give too much detail, whether it was South African government, but even some governments overseas. There's a government we've mentioned before, even in the UK, that even there's, this church has influence indirectly. It's a grace. It's not wow. It's, it's a grace because we have an assignment. But many people in churches haven't taken up the assignment. So God says, okay, let me go to the place that have taken the assignment. Okay, so mantles are so that you will be known in heaven, not on earth. Okay, there's a mantle and a grace that for you and me. And so you might be, uh, uh, you might be carrying a grace in the government where maybe you're there to intercede. You must be an intercessor in the government. That you're there, you work in there, but you're an intercessor there. You, um, and you, you influence in this. And you have this humility. And, um, and if you have to tell people you are an apostle, guess what? Um, you're going to lose that authority. Okay. So you can be someone working on the mountain of government with the support of the apostolic covering. So if you're involved in government or any government level, make sure you have an apostolic covering over you. Amen. Did you just hear what I said? Very important. So how do you know if you're called to the government mountain? I'm glad you asked me. How do you know if you're called to the government mountain? Um, well, you might be called to be a financier, to finance stuff, to support someone there. You might be called um, to be like a political candidate or political leader. You might be a cleaner in the local government or government. You can clean in the bathrooms. You might be uh, uh, someone who makes laws or policies in government. Uh, you might be an advisor in government. Hello? You might be someone who makes the food there. It's not just being, listen to me, it's not just being the president. 
Okay? Because a president needs the infrastructure. They need the people behind. They need the infrastructure. So, we need to um, be the salt. We need to be the light in every level. And um, the government, government needs to be transformed and reflect the government of heaven. We need to reveal the image and likeness of God. When we go into the government, we actually need to reveal God's likeness because there's glory revealed when we reveal Him. Did you get that? When we're in government, when we reveal in the image of the Father, we re- reveal in Him the glory of God is in the government then. Okay, so uh, we need to be servants and uh, with the right heart in that. So government missions, I'm going to just quickly go through this, but the, the, the government missions, okay, so um, what does it mean, this government mission that we have in government? Firstly, we need to start identifying things that are unrighteous and unjust. It might be different laws that are unrighteous and unjust. We need to identify because we need to see what is the mission here. Now, I'm speaking of the structural mission because God will have personal, personnel mission, meaning that you as an individual, you are involved in government. I'm speaking here of also of structural mission. What is a structural mission? So as a person, I go into the local government or national government and I have a mission and an assignment. Okay, so I'm personally going, that's my personal assignment, I'm going in there, but there's a structural assignment that while I'm going there is to do something. You're not going there to have some cake and tea. You're going there to do something. So what's the structure? Well, this is some of the things that I want to see the laws change. I, can see, I want to see the systems changed. Um, because the Bible says this. Remember what I said last week. I said that, and this is where sometimes Christians have missed it, is that all, everything's going to collapse. Yes, all the systems of this world will collapse, I said last week. But I said wealth and money, finances will not disappear. Because God's systems will still continue. Don't look for the doom and gloom. God has a way. Okay, so when we say the systems of this world will collapse, it is only the laws. This is now the government mountain. It is only uh, the laws and the things contrary to the will of God. We saw this turning in America, where even like Roe versus Wade. I mean, I, I can't remember how many tens of millions of kids were aborted. Things are turning. Things are turning. All right, um, so we're not there to destroy everything, all right? We're not there to go into the local governments and destroy the governments, please. We, we, because there are good things in government as well. Yeah. And there's good people. Yeah. I know some. <laughs> but there's good things in government. They must be there. Okay, that's, that's, that's godly. Okay, so we need wisdom to influence the people who will change and make the laws. So that's why we need to be in. That's why when we serve someone that is busy, like with certain things in government, we're serving them so well that they see the wisdom of God like Joseph saw, or revealed to, to Pharaoh. And suddenly things get turned around and there's a redemption for a nation and the nations. So... It's not about I need to be, you know, I must be the president, I must be there. If you can serve so well that you can influence those people that you're serving, that they see God's image and the solution in it. 
All right. So we need to fill positions with kingdom-minded individuals opposed to just Christians. It doesn't cut it. You can, just, you can be a Christian business, in education, media, government, but it doesn't help. You have to be kingdom-minded, meaning that you have actually a mission of kingdom. Not benefit. So we have technically, technically two, bi- 2 billion Christians on earth. Isn't that so? So we need a kingdom mindset. Imagine if these 2 billion Christians start to have an influence in every sphere of society. Because we actually have an assignment now. It's not like I'm working for the government. I'm working for this company. I'm there. And the only reason this place is functioning or it's going better is because of me. You've got to think like that. Because you're the salt. You're the light. So it must be getting better. Imagine, this is why I say, why would God remove the church from earth? What hell will break loose on, loose on earth? Do you understand? It doesn't make sense. We, we represent him. We are his, in his image. So those who are bu- uh, busy with their assignment, you know, God wants us to be busy with us. And, um, but many times Christians are never busy with, there's many times Christians are not busy with an assignment because they're actually wandering in the wilderness hoping that Jesus comes. Do you know how many Christians I know and I've met that are wandering on planet earth in the wilderness today because they don't understand the assignment and they're waiting for Jesus to come? We need to repent. Because we're so building our kingdoms, we don't realize we were put here for a reason. You see, God is busy giving us a kingdom mindset. He's giving us kingdom mindseted people that we can arise and we can shine. God is giving us answers. He's given us strategies. He's, he's going to reveal God on earth. I'm telling you, we're sitting with answers. The Christians, kingdom-minded Christians, believers on earth, this morning, for example, in government, we have the solutions. And we can be speaking to the ear of the king. We serve them with humility, not pride and arrogance and corruption, and agree with the devil himself. Proverbs 29.2, this is a nice verse. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Hey, guess what? It's going to go well with you and everyone else when we see righteous men and women governing. That's why I said there's a difference between a politician and a statesman. I might know of maybe one, two, or three, well, that's in my generation, Um, statesmen, maybe two statesmen that I know of in my generation, my lifetime. The rest are politicians. A politician only feathers his own pocket. A statesman assists the people on the ground and everyone I can tell you that one of the people is Madiba or Mandela. He was a statesman. He wasn't a politician. All right, so this Proverbs 29 verse 2, this is a clear scripture that shows that we don't just stay on the mountain of religion. I'm in the church. I'm a Christian. We don't just stay on the mountain of religion. We are 
actively involved on a mission. We are sent ones. Apostolos. That's why we apostolic. We are sent. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why many times there are churches that are not apostolos. Apostolic. Meaning sent. Remember pretty much bottom line of apostolic means. This it comes from a, a Roman term. So when a Roman conqueror came in generals. They took over a nation. They brought in their own education. They brought in their own technology. They built new roads that some of them are still lasting today from the Romans. They brought in their own way so that when the emperor walked into the city of that new nation, it was the same as Rome. That's where the word apostolic comes from. Well, doesn't that sound familiar? The great apostle Jesus came to reveal that he's wanting us to go into all the world. And to let this world look like that world on earth as it is in heaven. If we capture that, we know we have an assignment. And many times people are just trying to fill the building. And if we're bigger, we're better. And we've got a brand. I say, guys, we have an assignment to transform this world so it looks like that world. The focus of our authority is over dark powers, not people. In governments, by the way. It's over the powers and principalities, not the people. That's where we exercise our authority. So governments will always, listen to me, governments manifest a lot of darkness. Okay? And, but when we as sons and daughters show up, we manifest the light. And if we're not showing up with an assignment, all we're doing is we, we can't wait to go to church on Sunday. And yes, it's great being together, but you understand, we are being sent out every Sunday. We're sent out to transform and bring about change. We are the change. We are the agents of change. And so many Christians are waiting for Jesus. And he's waiting for us. Because until we've made and put his enemies, becomes his footstool, we the feet, he will only return. Our biggest mission is what? Just show up. Isaiah 9 verse 7. I'm going to finish. Isaiah 9 7. Of, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Did you read the Bible? Oh, I'm worried. The world is gaining... Oh, there's an increase of his government on earth. And a lot of us are waiting for another generation. God's waiting for us. And I'm saying, man, to hell with hell. I will make a difference. I choose to make a difference in my generation, in my lifetime. Because I will not leave this planet. I will not leave this planet the way I came into this planet. You and I have been called to make a difference. To see full-blown revival in every mountain of, of this world. That these mountains become the mountain of our Lord Jesus Christ. I will not die for nothing. The thing is, as Christians, we need to start realizing what are we dying for. Because then we're not living. If you cannot answer why you, what will you die for, you have never found the reason for living. That's why I got saved. Because I was willing to become a mercenary and die. 
Because then I felt. I lived for something. What are you living for? I so desire to see the presence and the glory of God on this planet earth. I'm willing to pay the price with my life so that I can see this become a reality. That we can see this world transformed. Because this is the assignment the church has and we've neglected this. And all we want to go is to go to heaven instead of bringing him here. Because heaven is heaven because of Jesus, not because of the place. Of the increase of his government and the peace and peace there will be no end. To order it and establish it with judgment and justice. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. This is how government, his government will start to increase. When his children awake and arise and shine. Let me pray for you. You want to stand, please? Thank you, Jesus. Father, I want to just pray that you give us the grace, that you give us the heart and the burden, even in this morning's message, even for the mountain of government. Lord, I pray that for the government, the local government in Bloemfontein, South Africa, for the national government, the different uh, places in South Africa and departments. I want to pray, give us the grace and give us the ability that we'll take, go into these areas and serve and love the hell out of a dark, a people that will see darkness go and that will go with humility and not arrogance and pride, that we'll see an end come to corruption, yes. that we'll see an end come to what we've seen with the corruption and the dishonesty in that, that we see godliness. Lord, I pray that you raise up an army like Gideon and that, that uh, like one will be like a thousand, that we'd see even in this government of South Africa, even the governments in Switzerland, Lesotho, uh, the other nations of this earth, that we would see righteous men and women, kingdom-minded, rising up and bringing about your kingdom, bringing about policy changes, influences, and that the nation will actually be blessed and prosper because of righteous men and women. Righteousness exalts a nation. May we have a righteous government, Father. We pray right now for the South African government. And we release just your grace and your mercy. And Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. I pray that you'd remove what people that will not turn. I pray that there will also be a great repentance in our government, Lord. That there will be a turning around. And that in the governments represented yeah, even online, that there'll be a turning around that you see godly men and women raised up with kingdom mindedness representing the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit well. In Jesus' name I pray, Father. Amen. Amen.